The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Victory! Cincinnati Bengals fans, we get to talk about a win. The Cincinnati Bengals defeat the five-win Tennessee Titans. Wow. Five-win Tennessee Titans at home, and the Bengals improve to 2-5-1 and one on the season thanks to a 31-20, to 20, a pretty resounding victory, a pretty decisive victory for the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. And this game, quite honestly, was a joy to watch, not only because it was a win, not only because the Bengals scored a decent amount of points and the win margin was, was there, but they just played sound football across the board sound football across the board and really I know I if you watch the pregame show by Narragansett beer I know that I I caught a little flack because I was not going to pick the Bengals this again this week and I didn't and you know I, I I'll eat some crow I'll eat some crow today guys because I just I felt that the their bats were against the wall and I felt like there was just too many cards stacked against them in terms of injuries, too many things going on this week for them to get a win against a quality opponent. And we're going to talk more about that in just a second. I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for joining us via Facebook if you're joining us live. Thanks for joining us on our YouTube channel if you're joining us live. If you want, if you're joining us on YouTube, there is a nice little subscribe button with our logo right there. So click that, get all of our new material, get alerted when we take the air live, get the Chalk Talk episodes from Matt Minnick and get all of our new material. And then of course, download all of our great podcast material on your favorite audio streaming software platform. Appreciate the support. So look, let's talk about this win, okay? There's a lot to like about it, just liking a win in general, but the way that they went about it and won. My favorite thing, though, Bengals fans, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite thing about this win is that it was against a quality opponent, and it came during a week of so much turmoil. It came during a week when Carlos Dunlap was very disenchanted with the franchise. John Ross news came out this week. A lot of players... There's a lot of uncertainty about futures of players, a lot of injuries, and they went out there and they handled business against a, a really good football team. The Titans are a good football team. You can, If you're on the Tennessee side of the fence, you could say, you know, basically they just didn't show up to play. 
against the Bengals. I guess you can make an argument to that. And it was just a, a they overlooked him after a tough game against the Steelers last week. I mean, I guess you could do that. But, hey, the Bengals made plays. Red zone interception by Jesse Bates. Gio Bernard has three touchdowns in the last two games in relief of Joe Mixon, two receiving. And look, Joe Burrow was playing very well. There was he got a little bit of a gift at the end of the game there with the interception that was called back on a ghost of a PI call. Um, it probably wouldn't have made the end result any different. The Bengals probably still would have won, but the margin of victory would have certainly been smaller given the field position and all of that. The stat lines, which by the way, we'll get to all the stats in just a minute. The stat lines would have been greatly affected for Joe Burrow as well. But uh, look, that's the thing that impressed me the most this week is the the fact that the Bengals had the ability to tune out all of the extra noise, all of the noise, the John Ross noise, the Carlos Dunlap noise, all of that. And they could have really packed it in and said, you know, for lack of a better word, screw these coaches. We're not we're not showing up to play. We're going to go through the motions. We're already we've already got a poor record as it is. So let's just pack it in. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. And I want to give credit where credit is due on this coaching staff as well, because we have been hammering them. And look, this win doesn't cure every single issue. This win doesn't cure every single, you know, every single thing that's wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it doesn't even necessarily point to to them rattling off a bunch of wins coming up here, but it does point to things trending in a better direction. It does point to things, um, you know, it does point to a lot of improvement. And you can say, you know, you could say if this game was against a, you know, a, a Giants team or say for the sake of argument, they were playing Jacksonville again this week and it was just a lesser opponent and they came out and they handled business. You would still be proud of the performance. But that the fact that they did this against the Tennessee Titans, who went to the AFC championship game last year, looked to be headed to the postseason again this year. The fact that they were able to do many, many things well. Uh, against a quality team. That was impressive. Credit Zach Taylor with the play calling on offense. It was very efficient. It was very productive. Gio Bernard remained productive. Samaj P. Ryan came to play, had a couple of nice plays, did some stuff on special teams, had a nice block on a Brandon Wilson kick return, got into the end zone, um, had a couple of nice runs late in the game. And just a really good game plan all around by Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and company. Luana Rumo's been public enemy number one around these parts, giving up big leads. And, hey, I mean, 20 points. And really, seven of those was was a little bit of kind of catch-up slash garbage time points. And they they came to play without Sam Hubbard, uh, without DJ Reader, without guys all across the line. Mike Daniels played pretty well. So he played well in, in the interior of the defensive line. Carl Lawson did make a couple of plays. Did jump off sides once, um, but, I mean, overall, pretty good play by him. The secondary played outstanding for the most part. Uh, a good game plan by Lou Anarumo. Special teams made a lot of good plays today. Just a nice three-phase win by the team all across the board, and we'll talk more about that in just a second by showing the, the tail of the tape, as they say, with showing some stats, et cetera. Again, the thing that impressed me most, quality opponent, and you did it in a week where you were dragged publicly through the mud 
in terms of reputation, the coaching staff's reputation, et cetera. Speaking of coaching staff reputation, we cannot go without giving a nod to Jim Turner, the offensive line coach. He, if, if Lou Anaruma was public enemy number one amongst Bengals fans, Jim Turner has been public enemy number two. And for, for a lot of good reasons early in this year, but slowly you're starting to see these last couple of weeks, you're starting to see the offensive line play better, getting some cohesiveness. Today, folks, five, all five linemen that they put out there starting today, all five of them are backup offensive linemen. Now, Redmond started a lot of games. He was kind of the only guy that carried over in terms of a starter from last week, and he's been starting a lot this season. But technically, he was down the depth chart because of Xavier Suofilo. And, I mean, you got five new starting offensive linemen. They kept Joe Burrow clean. They paved the way for running backs to make some plays. Not gigantic runs, mind you, but nice chunk yardage plays to control the clock control the game, control the pace of the game, keep Derrick Henry off the field, keep the Titans offense off the field. And really they just, the script fell their way today. And it was, it was really great to see because I don't, I I would venture to guess a lot of people did not expect this result today by the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I don't say that just to be negative. I mean, just based on the fact they have one win and a tie through seven games this year right? They had two wins last year. And then they have, uh, you know, what was it? Four wins under Marvin the year prior or something, six wins, something like that. So they haven't been winning a lot of football games. So to pick them today against the, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC, it wasn't an easy task, but they handled them and and beat them by 11 points. You got to, you got to really, really give a virtual pat on the back to Zach Taylor and company to showing up to play today. It was, uh, it was a good, and now you look back, right? You ha- you see this game and you, you look back now at this season and you go, what if, what if you pulled out a couple of those one score games? Not all of them. What if you had two more? All of a sudden you're a four win team. What if, what if you were able to get, to hang on to that lead in Indianapolis and sneak away with that one? Then you've got quality win against Indianapolis, quality win against, uh, you know, Tennessee today. Um, what if that, what if that Eagles game wasn't a tie? What if you ended up hanging on to that lead late? And, you know, you're talking about a team that's in the playoff picture. If you just hang on to like half of those games. So while this is great and savor it. And I think a lot of, a lot of positivity is going and momentum is going to be carried, not only into the bye week but potentially out of it as well. And the Bengals do have, we'll talk about this in a second too, the Bengals do have a number of winnable games at the back end of their schedule. So, I mean, we could see some nice momentum to end the year, but, uh, you know, you look back and you just kind of, you get a little frustrated at the missed opportunities this year and the opportunity to potentially be immediately competitive with a rookie quarterback, et cetera. So at, at any rate, very good win in Easily the best win of Zach Taylor's young coaching career. I mean, I guess you could look at the Browns game to end last year as well. But this is this is a big, big win, a big win for uh, Zach Taylor. Great job by Jim Turner putting that thing together on the offensive line today. Great job by Darren Simmons's crew. You know, Randy Bullock, perfect on the day in in field goals and extra points. And then, of course, you know, you've got the big return from Brandon Wilson. 
Kevin Huber punts the ball down to the two, just, I mean, just to, <laughs> with 16 seconds left, um, you know, I mean, it's just it, great work by his unit and even a, a pretty decent day from Lou Anarumo's unit too. Just a, a solid day across the board by the Cincinnati Bengals, a, a really, really good win. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. We're going to be here a few more minutes talking about the Bengals 31 to 20 win over the Tennessee Titans to put them at 10, two, five and one on the season. You can get our show on, you can join us live on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page. So go ahead and give that a like if you're a Facebook person, or if you like our YouTube channel and, and prefer to watch things on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, get notified when we go live or when new material is available. And then of course, all of our stuff is on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Not only our show, but Orange is the New Black with Ace Boogie and Zim Hude, as well as Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk, all part of the Cincy Jungle channel. So Go check it out, and thanks for tuning in today for the post-game show. As I said, we've got a little bit more to get to, so let's let's talk. Let's go through the stats here, uh, and I will show that to you just a second. Hopefully, you can see this here. Here are the statistics on the Tennessee side. If you look to the right side of the the shared screen here. Not an overall bad statistic day from Tannehill. Most of those yards, I think he only had uh, 12 or 13 pass attempts in the first half, so it wasn't they weren't really throwing the ball much, and they didn't really have the ball very often, I very much in the first half anyway. The the and we'll try and get to those uh, stats in terms of uh, clock management and clock control in this game, but the Bengals hogged the football, and um, you know the one interception here for Tannehill was killer. Um, that was, you know, the Bengals had the uh, the field goal there. Tennessee's driving right down the field, and he throws an inexplicable interception in the end zone. Didn't see Jesse Bates coming across to uh, come on in and, and get that play, and Bates having a Pro Bowl year. Pro Bowl year by Jesse Bates. Great play by him. Only 233 yards passing. The two touchdowns, though, by Ryan Tannehill. Uh, a big day from Derrick Henry. He did have the 112 yards and a touchdown. Usually, if you would have said Derrick Henry, 112 yards and a touchdown against the Cincinnati Bengals, Tannehill two t- passing touchdowns, you would have you would have said that that's the recipe for success. And look at the rest of the rushing yards. I mean, we're we're going into you know over over 200 rushing yards allowed. A lot of chunk yardage, but you know some of these big plays were when the Bengals were able to get a big lead and that is where having a quarterback like Joe Burrow to be able to get a lead um you know you can allow these types of plays when you have a substantial lead and then it doesn't really hurt you it's just kind of padding the stats for guys and that's that's uh you know good to see big day from Corey Davis fellow member of the uh, draft class with John Ross there. Corey Davis, eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. Bengals did a really good job on A.J. Brown. He did have the touchdown late in the game, but four catches for 24 yards. His impact was minimal, and I think that had a lot to do with William Jackson returning to the lineup today. Uh, William Jackson was largely responsible for cover, covering A.J. Brown, and it showed. Um, he did get you know burned on that one touchdown, but for the most part, you know, very minimal impact from him. Minimal impact uh, from the tight end Jonu Smith, and uh, you know, you see just kind of a lot of eh from everybody else. It was kind of the Corey Davis show for the Titans in the receiving game. Uh, no, no interceptions there, and then of course some defensive stats. When Jonathan Joseph is and, and uh, when Jonathan Joseph is your 
leading tackler there. That's usually not a good sign for a defense. Uh, Jonathan Joseph had a rough day at the office today. Uh, he was covering Tyler, Board, Tyler Boyd when Boyd shot into the end zone late in the game. He, uh, you know, he, he, he had a rough day at the office today. Rough day at the office for Jonathan Joseph as he made his return to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, to Paul Brown Stadium, rather, this Sunday. Let's look over on the Bengals' side of uh, the ball. Before we do, actually, I want to point this out. Here we are at the end of, if you look at the first quarter, field goal, they punted once, touchdown. Then you go second quarter, touchdown, punt. Then we start to go touchdown at the end of the third quarter, touchdown fourth quarter. I mean, it's you see you see here. There's a couple punts sprinkled in there, but they were moving the ball kind of at will today and putting up a lot of different points, a lot of long drives. Look at here the 12 play drive to start the game, nine play to get the touchdown, nine plays another touchdown drive. Even a punt here was a six play drive. Twelve plays to get the touchdown here. Seven plays, touchdown, and then, of course, 11 plays, and then they punt there at the end. But long, sustaining drives because the Bengals were actually able to run the ball effectively. They were using kind of shorter, intermediate, controlled passing, like they've done quite often with Joe Burrow. And it worked It worked very well for them today. Worked very well for them today. Let's look at Burrow, 249 yards, two touchdowns. He could have had that one interception, but uh, the Bengals got a call in their favor there. Got to love that. 26 of 37, a really efficient day from Joe Burrow. Really efficient day. Gio Bernard with over four yards per carry, 62 yards on 15 carries, and then the touchdown. Samaj P. Ryan, only three, uh, 3.2 yards per carry, but real tough yards. Um, <clears throat> a lot of you know, just kind of short yardage situations. And he came up big on a lot of them, including a touchdown run for him. Uh, this is a guy who hadn't really carried the ball since, you know, I think it was week seven of last year uh, before he had that infamous fullback dive the, uh, a couple of weeks ago against Indianapolis. And then you've got, you know, uh, he's got 10 carries and a touchdown today. So they like what they have in, in P Ryan and Travion Williams is still, you know, kind of withering away on the bench there. They like those two guys in relief of Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd did have a couple of end arounds for nine yards. Burrow, this is three, you see three carries, nine yards. He had a six yard run today. And you if, if you didn't watch it, you see, you hear six yard run and you go, okay, big deal. He avoided three would-be sackers to make a play and get six yards. The Bengals ended up punting. But it was, a, it was a play that you just said, wow. And that happened a couple of times today where Burrow escaped initial pressure, kept his eyes upfield, and threw darts. And I was watching the game with a couple of other people today, one of which is a 49ers fan who's checking out his game right now. He's a buddy of mine. <clears throat> and he's watched a lot of Bengals football with me as well. I, I just said that, you know, quite frankly, there was one play where um, – Burrow avoided pressure. He took a step up like he was going to run. Then he took a step back and threw a ball. I think it was to Tyler Boyd for a big completion or a decent completion. And I just said, that's that's not a play Andy Dalton makes. Andy Dalton would have tucked and run and maybe got the three yards and then maybe the drive stalls out. That's just not a play that Andy Dalton would have. And it's not a slight on Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton did a lot of great things for this franchise, but Joe Burrow is just doing things that is – it's just huge for this offense and this team. And you, you can't, you know, it doesn't necessarily reflect that when you see three carries for nine yards, you know, you see a still a really good and efficient day statistically passing. It's there's just more there 
if you watch the game, there's more than meets the eye that, uh, for Joe Burrow's stats there. So really good day from him. A really fun day from T. Higgins. He slowed up a little bit in terms of production later in the game, but he had two carries for six yards. He was the team's leading re receiver for uh, six catches, 78 yards on nine targets. There's still a couple there, but just great contested catches. There was one early in the game where it looked like Burrow was almost throwing the ball away. And he was able to kind of float one to Higgins in between two defenders. Higgins got the feet down and just kind of collapsed out of bounds and had a good play. And it was just a drive extending play, a really, really good play. And um, those two guys really have a nice rapport going. Tyler Boyd, another just clutch day, six catches, 67 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Really efficient. Auden Tate, give that guy a high five. Seven catches, uh, 60, 65 yards. He actually had the most catches on the team, but uh, slightly under in terms of yards. Um, caught everything thrown his way. Seven catches on seven targets, and many of those were the Auden Tate big leaps, the Auden Tate wrestle away from a defender, outmuscle a defender, and move the chains. And at, at least twice of those on those seven catches, he was short of the sticks, was being tackled, and ended up extending the ball past the first down marker to extend the drive. Huge day from Auden Tate. Huge day. Uh, I would argue his best game of, of 2020 to date. So uh, really, really big day from Auden Tate and a lot of highlight real plays there. Nothing for all of the, you know, the, the accolades Green AJ Green has received over the past couple of weeks because he had uh, the last couple of weeks, I think it was about 180 receiving yards combined between the Colts and the Browns. Um, he only had two catches for 19 yards a day. No impact, really, from number 18. Geo, three catches, 16 yards. He did have the touchdown late in the game there. Just a valuable, valuable weapon. And if you if you saw, there were still a couple of occasions. Geo Bernard, starting running back because Mixon's out, he's catching the ball, he's making good runs, and he's sticking his head in there and picking up blitzers effectively. Just a triple threat guy and a guy that – Every once in a while, when he gets a bigger role, you go, why? I mean, I know you love mixing and you love what he brings, but why doesn't Geo get more touches? And he just keeps showing his value in the last couple of weeks. He has come up huge. Three touchdowns uh, the past two weeks and just, you know, uh, good player. Good player and, and a good guy to have in the locker room there. Seathan Carter had a short catch and then P. Ryan. Here's, here's some of the, the stats here. Jesse Bates with 11 tackles and then, of course, the interception earlier uh, on the first drive, actually, Tennessee had. Vaughn Bell had a couple of opportunities for interceptions, didn't take advantage there, and you kind of see a lot of uh, just kind of a lot of pedestrian statistical days. This was a nice – and Logan Wilson had some limited snaps but had a sack – and two tackles. He's starting to play some good ball and limited snaps. You got to like what you've seen from him. The Bengals have invested uh, third round picks. I mean, for a really long time on linebacker and they did so again this year. And this seems to be a guy that uh, is finally panning out. I mean, Pratt has flashed a little bit, their third round pick from last year. Um, you know, you can go back to PJ Dawson and all kinds of guys that did not pan out. Um, Nick Vigil, and Logan Wilson seems to be a guy that that's doing some things right away for them, and that's that's good to see. Khalid Kareem just had the one tackle. Carl Lawson again, you know, couple pressures here and there. He did have a penalty, um, so take that for what you will. Good day from Randy Bullock. Four extra points and a field goal. Hit every kick. 
Kevin Huber, really good day from him. Three punts, two of them inside the 20, including one at the end of the game that went out at the two-yard line. Got to like that. Huge 49-yard return by Brandon Wilson to continue to keep the game out of reach. The Bengals could have crawled into a shell there, but a huge, huge return from him. Uh, he's been a little quiet this year, and he did have – Afterward, he did have a, you know, not a good, <laughs> not a good return that set the Bengals up at the 10. But, uh, you know, that 49 yarder was big. So all in all, a really good special teams day for the Bengals as well. Let's go back real quick here. Look, folks. This is the Tennessee Titans. If you look here, look at the sack column. Goose eggs. Now, a lot again, that's on. Burrow avoiding pressure, getting out of sacks a couple of times, but kudos to this offensive line. Kudos, they they played really really well. Uh, unfortunately, the team some of the team set stats aren't available quite yet um, on NFL.com. So that is that. So what's next for the Cincinnati Bengals? What do they have coming up here? Uh, I, I do want to also give you one other stat. Food for thought. I'll talk about that in just a, a second, too. But let's share this. This is the re the remainder of the Bengals schedule. Just doing a little quick uh, Google search here. This is what they've what they've given us so far. You know, you're two five and one here through these first eight. You've got the bye this week, and then you head to Pittsburgh. Um, that game, by the way, you can see. 10 a.m. 125. That's for us West Coasters. Those are the times that I have to deal with on the West Coast. Those aren't Eastern. <laughs> uh, but that game got flexed to 4 uh, 425 Eastern, the Bengals-Steelers game. That was a 10 a.m. game, so uh, they, they moved that to the afternoon. I think that was the only game that was moved that week. So in case you thought that one was still at 10 a.m. a couple of weeks from today, that is actually at 425 p.m. on the 15th. Then here you go. I mean, that's going to be a tough one. Steelers are, are still undefeated. They're 7-0 right now. They just beat the Ravens today. Um, here you go, though. Washington, Giants, Dolphins are playing better. That game is getting a little, um, a little more interesting. They they beat the Rams today, so they're they're like four and three right now, I think. Uh, so that that game is getting a little interesting, and now you've got Tua in there. So, I mean, in general, it's going to be fun to watch Burrow versus Tua. But uh, you, you know that game is not as easy as it once looked. But Washington. You got the Giants, you have Dolphins, the Cowboys are reeling. That also is going to be a really interesting game because Andy Dalton comes back to Cincinnati and by, you know, all indications, he's going to be starting that game. So that'll be interesting to see. Then you've got the Steelers again. You've got a Texans team that is just struggling. And then you've got the Ravens again. So conceivably, you know, there's four or five games in there. Maybe it towards the back, you know, the back eight, four or five games you can win. Get yourself to five or six wins maybe this season. Um but then again, there could be more of these in there that are unexpected. The big win against the Titans, a team that they were not expected to beat today. One thing that I also want to point out, I've said this a couple of times on some recent podcasts, but something that makes you feel like it's moving in a positive direction in terms of this team, the Bengals so far this year, with the exception of one game, I'm sorry, with the exception of two games, the Ravens game and the Chargers. So of in six of their eight games, they've scored, you know, uh, 
20 plus, 23 plus points and, and a handful of them in the 30s. If you go back to 2019, the Cincinnati Bengals struggled to get past 20 points throughout most of the season. If you look, I'll pull this up here because I pulled I pulled up their schedule from last year. One second. You look at this. This is their year last year. 20 points, 17 points, 17 points, three. They, they got one above 23 points, 17 points, 17 points, 10 points, 13 points, 10. The, the win against the, the Jets, barely over 20. I mean, they just weren't scoring points last year. 10 points, 19 points, 13 points. Then they get 35 and 33 to end the season. So already this year, they're scoring way more points than they were all of last year. And even though the wins haven't been there, it's been a much more enjoyable brand of football to watch this year. Um, you know, it's been a, a, probably more frustrating because they weren't blown out of the building. They actually were in games and they lost games that you feel like they should have won. So in that regard, it's it's a bit frustrating. But, you know, you got to really like where the offense is headed. And, I mean, you can credit Zach Taylor, but you also have to immediately point to the quarterback in the play there. Uh, Joe Burrow is easily in the offensive rookie of the year discussion. And, um, you know, it kind of goes back and forth, whether it's he or Herbert that'll win. We'll see what happens with Tua. But, you know, I I think it should be him. I mean, he's playing incredibly well. And the offensive line he has had to play behind has not been the best. But, again, credit him today because those guys, those crew of backups, played great today. And in the pregame show, we were kind of going, well, where, where do we set the bar here, right? I mean, where do we set the bar for these backup offensive linemen that are coming in here? You know, you almost <laughs> – there were some people joking in the pregame jo- show in our in our comments that, are, that were saying, you know, just sit Burrow today and play Ryan Finley. Don't let Burrow get hurt. Well, the exact opposite happened. Burrow played immensely well. So did the offensive line. No coincidence that there. And then the Bengals get a, a big win against Tennessee. So a lot to digest here in terms of stats and all of that, but those were a couple of things I wanted to point out in our postgame show in terms of progress, visible progress, and all of that. I know that uh, in other postgame shows I've been upset and emotional and all of that. Um, you know, that's the, that's the fanboy in me a little bit, but I'm feeling good today. Feeling good today. Again, you get a win against a quality opponent, and – you do so in a week that was just filled with all kinds of drama and headlines and bad news for this team, whether it's injuries or locker room issues or disgruntled players, whatever. And there was a lot of attention on Zach Taylor in, in this game. And I think that he really, really, for a lot of reasons, not just to get the team feeling good about itself, moving them in the right direction, going into a bye week. I think he needed this win. And not really even for job security, because we know that the, the Bengals' ownership is very, um, you know, they're generous with the, the leash length that they give their coaches at times and, and some of their players too. And uh, so I, I don't think it was, a you know, a thing of job security, but I think just to kind of get maybe some fans off of his back to kind of maybe maybe they even point to the fact of moving Carlos Dunlap and you know all, getting that out of the locker room, even though it was beneficial for all parties. That was probably a two sided thing, whether it's Carlos and the team or everything. 
maybe they start to point to that and say that distraction has gone. Now we can focus more on football, focus more on our game planning, focus more on getting other guys some some snaps, some top playing time, and it results in, in, a, in a big win. Um, I don't know, but I, I think that Zach Taylor and his coaching staff really needed this win for a lot of reasons, uh, mainly in terms of reputation and mainly in terms of you know, a fan base potentially turning on him. If this thing got ugly today and if, if the Bengals lost this one big, I think a lot of people would have been pretty upset with, with Taylor and um, Anna Rumo and the entire group. But at least for this week, they kind of said, told you so, guys. We know we kind of know what we're doing. And uh, kudos to them. Kudos to them. That was a big, big win. Big, big win. And, uh, you know, as satisfying and as happy as I think we all are, with that win. Unfortunately, it does kind of get that idea in the back of your mind saying, man, if only they could have hung on to maybe two or three of those other games that they were in this, this year, a couple of them, you're right in the playoff picture, right in the playoff picture, but uh, not the case. Who knows there, there, like I said, there is a lot, uh, there are a lot of other winnable games at the end of this schedule for the Bengals and they could ride some momentum into next year. Um, you know, even though this, this, the playoffs seem to be gone for the, for the Bengals in 2020, you know, if you get, I don't, I don't know the five, five wins in a tie makes you feel pretty good, but I mean, I guess it's quite a bit better than the year prior, but I think if you get anywhere from, you know, six, seven wins to finish the year, I think you're feeling pretty good about the direction of the team at that point. Even if they're, if you're beating teams at the end of the year that aren't that great, you can point to this win. You can point to the progress of Joe Burrow. And, you know, you get a couple of extra pieces on the offensive line, defensive line. And, um, you know, you kind of really open the window, hopefully, for a championship in 21 or 22. So good game today. Good, good, solid game by the Cincinnati Bengals today. Not a lot of mistakes. No turnovers. Just a, you know, really solid game from all three phases. And I, I talked about this in another show, or I, I think maybe on the Good, Bad, and Ugly on Cincy Jungle, the article I put up there. There was a phrase that Lewis Riddick used on a Monday night football game recently called, quote-unquote, complementary football. And essentially the, the theme of that is the unit, the, the respective units of a football team building upon good plays made by a different unit of the football team. So, for example, if a de- if the defense forces a turnover, gets an interception, forces a fumble, whatever, gets the ball for the offense, the offense takes that turnover opportunity and gets points out of it, namely a touchdown. Um, you know, today, Brandon Wilson, big kickoff return. You don't squander that opportunity. The Bengals get a big touchdown late in the game with that. And so that's complimentary football in my book where a unit makes a play, a positive play, a big play, and another unit right away steps up, carries the baton, and continues the momentum. That is what's been missing in the Zach Taylor era and really in the Mar- in parts of the Marvin Lewis era too. Um, that has, that's the key part of what's been missing. One unit playing very well one unit not. Two units playing well, one playing absolutely awful. And today it was all three. All three played played solid across the board, and you see the result. So gotta be, you got to be happy about that, and hopefully the Bengals have learned from this game. They can absorb – they can get healthy, 
absorb what they've learned from this game and take an extra week, the bye week, and move forward from there and hopefully ride some late season momentum to make this a respectable season. And I, I think I think they can do that. I really do think they can do that based on what I saw today. That was it was impressive. It was impressive. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Appreciate all of your support of this program. Appreciate the support of CincyJungle.com and the other podcasts associated on our channel. Get this show and our other shows on all of your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching it on YouTube. And uh, you can always get our streaming on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you had a great and fun, safe Halloween. Whatever you were doing and whatever you may be able to do based on uh, the world situation there. But hope you all were safe, smart, but had a good time. And uh, we'll still be bringing you all kinds of coverage even through the bye week, including podcasts. We do have an interview coming up, by the way, with Mike Daniels. And it'll be a, a really nice feature we're going to put together of, of Bengals defensive tackle Mike Daniels. So I will be conducting that interview. I believe John Sharon, my usual co-host, will be with me on that too. But we're going to get to know him. We're going to talk a little Bengals football. And we're going to get to know him as well. Uh, a little personal side and some other facets of his life. So it should be a really entertaining interview. We spoke to him a couple of months ago, and now we get the opportunity to sit down with him again. So we're going to do that, and we'll be getting that interview out to you pretty soon. So hopefully you enjoy that. I know uh, I know we will. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go watch some football there. Spend some time with friends and family if you'd like. Be safe, and we'll see you.